We are about to blow <laughs> inside. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that is awesome. No, we're not about to blow inside of anything. Um Yeah, spoiler, freaking bam, bam, bam. He poops in a tub. He's, he's locked he's inside. Locked in. Maybe Can't he's get a out. part of the thing. He might not be. He might not be. Heaven and hell. All this. Consider yourself spoiled. Um, no, let's go over a brief little just abstract of what happened so that folks who haven't, haven't seen it, I guess, kind of know what's going on. But Go right on ahead. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, just a brief thing. We've already talked about it in the, in the foreground or in the first episode is this guy gets locked inside. He's trying to steal from this prolific artist. The apartment belongs to the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, he's missing like the main piece that's worth like $3 million. Mm-hmm. He can't get it. The, the heist goes bust, whatever. He's trapped inside. Um, he breaks the thermostat, which for whatever reason, uh, increases the temperature crazy, crazy high. It's like a smart hub. So it controls all the alarms and all the heating and cooling and like the like watering systems. I feel like lots of stuff. He manages to get the alarms taken care of the water systems completely down and he has no fresh water. And for Um, some reason also the toilet isn't working anymore. The faucets aren't working anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe there's even some more meaning behind that. But basically, he's got very limited food. It's whatever he is left in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And it becomes very apparent that, like, nobody's coming to rescue him. This artist guy is, like, in a different country for, like, months. Um, so he's right. stuck. What's your guess on how long he's inside? Well, I cheated because I looked up a little bit of a <gasps> synopsis. But, I mean, obviously, it's weeks. Like, when I saw the movie mm-hmm. and I saw fireworks going off in the background, I'm like, how the hell did he make it to 4th of July? It was <laughs> snowing in the other scene. But oh. I think it was New Year's. Um, yeah. oh. So I think it's like January to, to New Year's and a little bit beyond. So I think he was oh. in there for like maybe a month. But it'd be hilarious if it was only like four days. He like <laughs> totally lost his mind. He's just pooping in a toilet. Or in, in, in a tub. bathtub. <laughs> Oh my God, guys! But, um, wow. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So he he gets stuck in there. He screws up this thermostat smart hub thing, trying to get out. Quickly figures out the the apartment is a fortress. It's like everything's reinforced. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is loose. Bulletproof glass everywhere. Like he is stuck in here. It's airtight and it's getting hotter mm-hmm. and hotter. He's got limited food, no water. Right. And then. He decides that the only way out, like it's pretty early in the film, he decides the only way out is up. Is that right? Well, first he tries to like use a pocket knife to jab through a wooden door. But once he realizes that won't work, and then he also threw some like metal or ceramic oranges at the glass to see if he could break the glass. like a day trying to break the glass. So basically it was them teaching us, you can't break through any of the metal doors and the glass is like so bulletproof, you'll never make it through no matter what you throw at it. It's the thinnest bulletproof glass on the planet, but I digress. (laughs) Um, So anyway, he's he's stuck in there uh, and eventually he sees that up in the ceiling is potentially a weak spot. He sees Mm -hmm. like this like like weird tiered skylight it's like thing. a like an inverse um uh, what, do, what do egyptians make pyramid yeah it's like an egyptians. inverse pyramid <laughs> right on the ceiling of mm-hmm. light and so he's like oh that's glass like maybe i could get up there and do right it. so um 
but in the meanwhile he's struggling because he like barely has any food he has like no water mm-hmm. he's like exerting the crap out of himself trying to get out of here for the first few days mm-hmm. um and then it, it gets really hot to the point where I think it was like 110 at one point. At least 106, 106 I think I saw on the thermostat. Like, that's yeah. rough. Ugh. That sucks. Yeah. I hate the heat. Um, Especially like, without water, too. Exactly. He's like naked throughout the whole time. And he's like sucking Well, he's down not ice actually cubes. naked. He's not actually naked. Yeah. He's in his underwear. But he's like sucking down ice cubes and chilling in like this weird saltwater pool that's in the middle of the... Um, in the middle of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he, he's just trying to survive for the first couple of days. Right. And then it starts getting cooler, um, which... Well, yeah, the thermostat starts creeping down and mm-hmm. they keep flashing at the thermostat and you see it's getting colder and colder and colder. It's like it's intentional. Yeah. It keeps getting hotter and, yeah. hotter and then it gets cooler and cooler. Right. Um, and then it cools down and then basically the opposite happens. He like, instead of trying to escape, he almost kind of finds like this... I would almost say like a religion or like some kind of weird mm-hmm. zealotry um, dealing with this situation. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when it starts to get real. That's interesting. when it starts to get real interesting. I would almost say that's like the main yes. meat of the movie. I agree. Yeah. And so anyway, eventually he builds this like crazy, insane like furniture tower. Yeah. Unsafe tower. That this 67-year-old man is crawling on top of, like, 30 (laughs) feet tall. Right. Just to get to this atrium for whatever reason is made out of, I don't know, freaking mechanical alloy. (laughs) Like, I don't know, some crazy metal. (laughs) Right. And crazy glass that's, like, impenetrable. Mm -hmm. And he's using, like, sticks to, like, He starts fashioning tools to try to break through and take screws out and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he ends up getting out. And that's the surface level story, but there's so much deeper stuff in yeah. this movie that always happens with art films and so yeah. i'm curious to hear what you think right is going on i've talked enough you you go on so first i want to point out some of my favorite things and then i want to get into my belief on do what it, the movie do it, is do it, about do it. so some of my favorite things from this movie were the um nests that he would make himself out of blankets <laughs> <laughs> They just look so cozy, like when he was really cold. They like, really did. He pulled. He must have pulled every mattress and blanket and piled it up. And like, instead of using a bed or being normal and using mm-hmm. the furniture in the house that existed there already, he made the coziest looking blanket fort nest. Really yeah. <laughs> and he was like cocooned into a blanket. I'm like, you know what? I get it. That looks nice. But I think ultimately the visuals of that was to like show like life or like new beginning him as a little egg a birdie and a little egg in his little nest maybe because like i don't know if you noticed it was like perfectly round and kind of domed in the middle anyway i just thought it was cute and interesting and i kind of wanted to lay in that nest i get it i get it which i think was the point which is why i pointed out um but ultimately i feel like this movie it makes me okay i was not raised in religion really and i know nothing about religion But my guess is that this movie, from what I know about at least Christianity and and the God I'm aware of, is that what happens is he gets locked in this mansion apartment thingy. He realizes he cannot get out and he has this male figure of like prestige and like relics from this quote unquote God figure. As as in the artist. Yeah. Okay. So okay. in this house, there's like 
um, self portraits of the the artist. Yeah, lots of photographs of right, himself. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So just like scattered around the house because it's his house, so it's, it makes sense. But yeah, yeah. obviously, the the William Defoe guy, he he never meets the artist. He's just there to steal the art. But once he's locked in there, you feel like he becomes more and more familiar with this artist and kind of starts idolizing him and being curious about him in some ways but also like villainizing him when things get really hard in the environment yeah you get that impression when he's like yelling at certain portraits and pictures of the guy right yeah it's like there's almost pain there like he he knows the guy and he wants to like right like he thinks it's his fault yeah he's like robbing him right you know actively so right personal right way sorry go ahead No, no worries um so i i feel like that's that's the first thing I noticed is mm. like once I realized there was like religious nods in the movie, which they're just nods to me because I'm not familiar with like normal religion anyway, um, that he has this God figure. And then I gave a claustrophobia warning in our first episode because at one point I feel like this is a thing in the Bible or whatever where like there's like a lot of caves and stuff with like hidden things inside them or like where Jesus's body was because at one point the weirdest part of the movie in my eyes at least is the reason why William Defoe gets locked in this apartment is because he can't find the three million dollar self-portrait and it was the reason for him being locked in there was his search for who God he didn't find God, so then he gets forced to be locked in this place of hardship to then find God and like resurrect him, basically. Interesting. So he goes into this cave thing. There's like <laughs> a rubber, like yeah. one for one recreation of the body of the artist guy, but yeah, it's like yeah. very clearly. At first, I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like a mummified that guy like he's dead in there like what a the preserved heck? version of right him. but yeah. then you figure out it's like rubbery when he like swishes it around it's all jiggly and then he knocks it off the table mm-hmm. but then he sees the portrait that was three million dollars and he finds this like you know art version of his lord and savior yeah. <laughs> who's the yeah. artist on and the wall and what was the book that he discovered it's like from heaven to hell or right something like that. right it was like a uh what I would imagine a religious text would be like. So he finds quote unquote God and then finds the Bible. And then he is like, again, I don't know enough about religion, like the new Testament guy, or maybe this is kind of what the Mormons did where they found like the like gold temple, little pellet things. (laughs) Yeah. What what you're supposed (laughs) to do. You know what I mean? Mixing a lot of things. I think. Yeah. The so, tablets, I think, tablets. are what you're trying to think of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the gold tic tacs that yeah. told them what to do. Anyway. <laughs> so from that point on, like he I feel like he's looking for reason, but he kind of gives up because he's relatively new in his religious journey of trying to find answers of how to escape from this environment that he doesn't want to be in because it's full of hardship, because it's hot and it's cold and there's no water and there's no way to clean himself or relieve himself which you get to see all the poop and it's disgusting and you realize how gross and hard it is for him. Yeah. And so basically he gets to a breaking point where, you know, even in this environment where he has ups and downs, 
they kind of show that like his upswing moments are when he accepts the environment that he's in and he starts drawing like his own little pictures and like mm-hmm, getting inspiration mm-hmm. from his environment around him. But then he has a bad day and then he like draws devil horns on the portrait of the quote unquote God figure. Mm-hmm. And basically then villainizes him when the reality is just like in life, like no one can confirm nor deny, I guess it depends on the person that God exists and what that means to you. And some people, like if something really terrible happens, they blame God. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if something good happens, they praise God or whatever. And beyond that, I'm going to keep going beyond that. I think, uh, at a certain point he, kind of gives up looking to that God figure because he gets so, you know, involved in that environment where he's like, he kind of figures out a system for how he collects water and how he eats RIP fish. And (laughs) (laughs) that was disgusting. Um, I don't know why he tenderized it to make it into a fish ball. Obviously, I guess. Yeah, that was Blaze. disgusting. Oh, I guess he had no way to cook it, so right. Blaze wouldn't be a good yeah, point. That was yeah, that's disgusting. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think at one point he kind of accepted his environment and is at, was actually somewhat enjoying his experience in there. And then once he realized he could escape, he kind of created his own religion, which mm-hmm. was like he's like drawing on the walls and finding meaning from his own experience there. And then once he decides his escape route to heaven or like whatever his religion is believes is his escape from this environment he starts a shrine of like the bolts he's pulling off the Mm -hmm, frame to mm -hmm. escape but also he's got those oranges that were like a symbol of him trying to escape before because those oranges are what he tried to throw through the glass yeah and all sorts of stuff so it's like he was kind of creating his own side quest mission because he wasn't finding answers in the original God in there. So it was like kind of taking influence and kind of making his own religion and then escaping. Interesting. So yeah. is that, did you get those impressions that he was kind of associating the owner of the apartment, the artist with God because of the flashbacks that he had or the dreams that he had? Where uh, they were at like the little, the little bone soiree to well, practice my <laughs> I think, uh, those were one in the same. So like gotcha. those delusions were kind of, you know, competing with each other throughout the day. And then when he fell asleep, they just blended in together. Sure. I feel like when you dream about something, it's someone's psyche, like subconscious telling them that something is real. Interesting. That like kind of confirming something. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I found the movie very interesting because of that. Like I find it so intriguing that maybe someone who was religionless or you know a bad guy who steals art for a living would then immediately in a system where maybe it was only a couple of months became cuckoo bananas and freaking created his own religion out of necessity to survive the horrible elements that you think could never exist within a actual modern structure and so i thought it was just like super interesting how human nature is upon hardship using creativity to create meaning in a situation of hardship is inevitable. Yeah. And I thought that concept is super cool. 
Well, I like that. And I, honestly, I think there's a lot in the in the movie to support that yeah. takeaway. Yeah. And I'm happy to report that I felt like there was also a, a big religious undertone throughout the entire yeah. narrative. I don't think it could be missed. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either, for sure. Um, but to give you my perspective of what I thought, um, the correct perspective, <laughs> no, not really. Um, I think, um, and again, folks, like I apologize. I don't think through these episodes we're going to be so reviewy hat criticism art student <laughs> you know this kind of stuff but this film kind of calls for that it, mm-hmm. it calls for deeper stuff i think the entire film only has like sub 15 lines 20 lines maybe you know i never thought commentary. about that there so is not much that's, everything that's said is incredibly important i feel mm, like and so if you point. think back to like the intro um he makes that little analogy about like Oh, when I was uh, in elementary school, um, my teacher asked me what I would grab oh. in a fire or whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he said, I would grab my cat. I'd buy my record or I'd get my record and I'd get my sketchbook. And he'd say, cats die. Uh, music, music fades. Music fades. But art, I Last think art forever. is for keeps. Art is for keeps. I thought he said like lasts forever, but. No, I, I wrote it down. It was art. Art is for keeps. Okay. Um. And then he, he doubles down on that because it's also the last words of the mm-hmm. film too because he writes it on the, uh, the artist's wall. I'm glad wall. you remembered that, yeah. Yeah, so th- I feel like that was a big meaning. And it, it's very obvious that like this guy is not a great guy. He's obviously a thief is what we know about him. Mm-hmm. He's very um, authoritative with this number three guy, the I would, other guy I on the radio. I think the adjective is crass. He just seems like yeah. one of those rough and tumble, crusty bad boys. Comes off like a mass hole. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody from Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, he, and like, even the way he, like, talks about the, the women and stuff that he's, like, kind of voyeuristically mm. looking at in the, uh, yeah. in the cameras and stuff. He's like, oh, where are you going, babe? It's, like, gross. Yeah. The foe, stop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So nasty. Um, but I think this, this movie, I'm all over the place. This movie is, I think, more about, like, a, a commentary on, Isolism? Isolationism? Isolationism. I don't know if that's a word, but... Um, Isolationism. We'll go with it. Maybe. Anyway. um, I think that it's about isolationism and being basically trapped by the things that you put higher than other things in your life that give you purpose. So I feel like in this case, if if he's talking about how he didn't save his family in the fire in, in his allegory or his analogy... Um, mm, right. He, yeah, I feel instead, like we didn't talk about that. He, yeah, he saved the art. He wanted to save the art. He instead of, he cat. didn't even mention his family. He, he said, didn't, he yeah. didn't, he said he wouldn't grab anything that had meaning except art because art is the thing that he holds closest mm-hmm. and dear. And it, it makes sense because he gives off the impression that he's kind of like a failed artist. He's obviously robbing a really, really prolific, successful artist. Um, and in that world he has trapped himself from experiencing other things there's a lot of um visuals of things being outside of the building that are just out of reach for him because he has trapped himself in this essentially like an art gallery i feel like the whole apartment is a metaphor of his psyche that he has trapped himself in the world of art and not allowed himself to go outside of that realm and so he can't picture things that he idolizes like he drew the halo around the dog Mm -hmm. and like the crown on the girl but devil eyes on the on the artist which he considers himself to be and so 
at one scene, like the girl is outside the apartment, which he could never reach because he's stuck on the inside because he's married to art, you know? Um, same with the dog. And like the pigeon See, is like free. Okay. I'm winning, aren't I? I? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to win. No, you're not. I need to cut in because how are you sure that was a William Defoe quote? Because I thought that could be the artist's quote. How do you mean? What do you mean? I couldn't. I guess maybe William Defoe Which didn't quote? talk Which enough quote in the are you movie. Talking about? The um, I would save my cat and my record and my. Well, that's what art. he says at the beginning of the film. Who? William Defoe. It's a voiceover. He was talking about a personal conversation he had with his elementary school teacher. How could it not be? Was that the artist saying that though? The artist doesn't say anything in the movie except How for do you what know? Willem Dafoe either dreams or hallucinates about him. Everything is from his subjective perspective. I thought potentially that was a quote from the artist himself. Maybe. Maybe it could be. We don't know if they know each other. It seems like they know each other. He obviously like idolizes him in kind of a I, I, would say I didn't think pretty, they did know each other. So? No. The way he was like, it was so personal the way he was like wearing his Pitzker Price necklace and like cussing at his like his portraits and like enjoying eating his like lavish food and stuff. I thought for sure. No, I thought, some, sorry. Really? I thought that was commentary on social status and financial status. That might be. I was thinking about that during the movie. Because I was rooting for Willem Dafoe, even though he was in this point, and it started getting to the point where, like, Willem Dafoe is, like, in the art, and whether or not it's a hallucination is, mm-hmm. like, up for debate. But he's, like, in the art, which almost makes you think that, like, one, that they know each other, and mm-hmm. two, he's meant to be there as, like, some kind of performance art piece. But I'm, like, I'm rooting for Willem Dafoe because this guy is living in, like, not the, the artist, not Willem Dafoe, is living in this, like, pretentious, self-referential, like just circle jerk of his work in his stupid apartment well it's serious it's like completely outrageous how regal this guy's probably 50 million dollar penthouse on the top of the chrysler building in new york city is and it's all full of his own art like come on get your head out of your own ass um and so like (laughs) and willem dafoe is like this obviously less educated um hard-working like thief you know, and this this like high nose in the sky guy who's like a super rich art collector dude um, is like, oh, I'm going to teach Willem Dafoe a lesson. This is what I was thinking during the movie. I'm like, I'm not going to vote for the, the artist guy. Like, quit torturing Willem Dafoe in the movie and let him go. Like, you're the bad guy in this, like down with capitalism, See, all that stuff. But I, ultimately, I think I moved on from that point. So I feel like I need to point out Dakota and I have... We both went to college for art-related things. Yes. And so we know all these facets of like the art industry that I suppose could be tainting our view or at least maybe making it a little bit more deep because when we reference performance art, there are some artists out there that just record like videos or like weird gross-out actions or like... And that's, yeah. Weird behaviors. So it gives nods to the fact that is that like famous artist somehow recording William Defoe? Which I we that's should, what I was thinking during the movie. But I can yeah. tell that's kind of where you stayed. I, I no 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 no. I didn't even get to finish. My, okay, go my ahead, thoughts. go ahead, go ahead. So that's what I was thinking during the movie. But okay. then I had time to reflect because, okay. like, this guy literally has like a projector room where he's like showing films of like art. Anyway, 
Um, the ultimate takeaway after I listened to what you had to say and then what I had to think about was I do think it's about religion too, is that it's definitely a commentary on classism. It's definitely a commentary on isolationism, but ultimately it is a story of ascendance from heaven and hell. Like it gets hot, obviously a metaphor for hell. It gets cold, obviously a metaphor for like the deeper levels of hell, like Dante's Inferno type of a thing. And the guy literally ascends to the heavens to get out and escape. Like, come on. Obviously, there he finds a book about heaven and hell. He like goes through the cramped all the points that you made, goes through the cramped space to like discover the the tablets or whatever, this like enlightenment, and then he starts making his own religion where he's like making offerings and stuff to this. So maybe we don't disagree on I don't think the we basis. Do. Yeah. But maybe we're we're disagreeing on motivation. So I'd like mm. to kind of hear where you think William Defoe ended up and what you think the artist's relation to that experience ultimately is. Okay. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, I didn't I didn't think it was quite as on the nose. Like some of it, I mean, the fact that there's a religious text, I guess, hidden yeah. in there is a little on the nose with the religion stuff, but I more viewed it as like, the the story was trying to tell us that humans will always end in religion no matter what circumstance they're in. Hmm. So like, I don't know about you guys, but when I picture when the Bible was being acted out <laughs> by, you know, the main characters, Jesus and the yeah. other guys. The the Bible famously acted out <laughs> by, by Jesus. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Asterix, the rest of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just feel like when I picture that scenario, I'm thinking like people in the desert, hot, tired, like there's a divide. <laughs> Scene, night, desert, camels. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you get it. I get it. I get it. So in that environment, you know, being way earlier, you know, BC. <laughs> you are, you are enjoying this too much. You're hurting uh, your point. I know. So basically... <laughs> Way back then, I can very much picture in my mind how people could get to religion and how sure. a story, like a book could be written about it to have takeaways, to teach people how to be, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> in this movie, I feel like it's an example of how even in modern times, if maybe these formed religions didn't exist already, it's like proof that humans will find religion no matter what. And whether the person finds it arbitrary or not is up to you. But the fact that he was inside and alone, and that's only a story to tell of his own. So let's say he does crawl out of this apartment and he tries to go tell the story about it. No one will believe him, maybe. Just like no one believed Jesus in the beginning or whatever. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just feel like the whole movie was built around, I guess, this concept that no matter what humans would find religion, how true or not it is, or, you know, where the line between human psychology, psychosis, and and belief and creativity are all woven together, even in the modern day, people would find a reason to find religion. Okay. They'd be forced to find I think I, I think we're more or less on the same page, but I would disagree with the fact that, like, this film definitely takes religious cues, mm -hmm. story-wise, narrative-wise, but... 
ultimately, I don't think Willem Dafoe finds religion or finds God or whatever. Like, I think it, it is a biblical story about a man finding enlightenment and basically overcoming his his wants and his desires, his mm. passions of being trapped by his obsession with art, basically. Which is why I think that he leaves that note on the artist's front doorstep when he leaves. He's basically saying, like, I've transcended from needing all this BS. I'm not taking anything with me. I'm just leaving this apartment, and now you're stuck in here. I like that. You sold me at enlightenment. Well, I mean, I get why you could say that and why I think why I believed it too for a while. Cause it's like, obviously the hot, obviously the cold, obviously like, um, there is the, 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 um, when he starts the fire and like the water comes down or whatever, like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Moses flood, like, come on, like wiping out everything, See, fresh start. Here's the flaws in my lens of watching the movie. I don't know enough about architecture and I don't know enough about religion to like truly. Well, know here the I am ties. the one forgetting about what the word sprinklers are. <laughs> 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 but like, I, I mean, I don't know that much about the Bible either, but obviously there's like, some transcendence here because he Mm -hmm. starts seeing himself in the world again, seeing himself in the art as like a callback to like, Oh, this passion is worth staying in. If you Mm -hmm. just stay here, but keep suffering. And he's like, nah, screw all that. I'd rather give away all these worldly possessions, everything that this apartment has to offer to get the F out of here. And he does. And he literally transcends from like this life of crime, this life of being trapped by his passions and his wants and literally ascending this 30-foot rickety-ass structure yeah. into a stupid pyramid made out of glass yeah. that should not have taken three weeks to break. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it true. transcends into the literal heavens. You know what I thought? It couldn't be more obvious. Once he mind. got to the top and I saw the square, like the hole that he was going to crawl out of, I was like, these hoes are not going to show us what's on the other side. No, like, they're so not. It's going to be ambiguous as hell. Yeah. And let me tell you, nobody... nobody and i've built a lot in new york i built a lot new york there is not it doesn't even matter nobody would put an inverted pyramid on the roof of a building unless you want to make a pool (laughs) because that makes no sense yeah water is to be shed off of roofs not collected what if he wasn't architecture 101 stupid what if that wasn't even uh the top level apartment and he just crawled into another apartment oh my god minus a point (laughs) (laughs) i mean this movie architecturally gets a lot of points taken away from it like they do close-up shots and it's like obviously double pane glass and like the fact that he's like chiseling away what is basically just drywall is like come on I, i need you to mansplain for a second because dakota tapped me during the movie and tried to say something about oh, the glass so pissed off. and i i'm just watching i'm just like there's glass and he's looking through the glass and now when you say there's double pane glass i don't know i still don't know what you mean like what plot hole surrounding the glass are you talking about well like i mean for what this guy is trying to do to this glass like th- literally throwing ceramic concrete balls at it yeah. and they're not breaking yeah a complete impossibility unless this is like resistant bulletproof like resin glass and the fact that it's not even cracking makes it seem like really really strong glass but then Mm -hmm. when you get in close to it it's obviously sorry just popped my knuckle um it's obviously just dual pane glass which is just two thin pieces of glass with argon sandwiched in between oh so 
I know. So <laughs> obvious, so obvious. But obviously, it's just argon <laughs> between. Oh, with the argon Shut between up. the panels glued together. I'm just gonna take my little my little architecture cap off, and I'm gonna do it in layman's turns. It's just a standard window. I mean, how many kids have you seen break a window with a softball? None. I've seen birds break windows. <laughs> like, come on. Um, and the fact that Willem Dafoe couldn't do it, who was a 67-year-old art thief, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. give right. me a break. Um, but that was, I mean, that was the biggest plot holes. I, I okay. Would say. So should we do some ratings? We can do some ratings Post-analysis for sure. Post-analysis ratings. Post-analysis ratings. Let's we start. I just feel like there's so much more we could get into. But um, ultimately, I think like, yeah, people should discuss it amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting film. I'm curious. I, I do want to ask you about the girl and what you thought her... The like, maid? The maid. What kind of role oh, she golly. played in it? Because I feel like she played kind of... Uh, definitely a pivotal role, but like I, I can't really quite put my finger on why she was in the film. Yeah, I'm really trying to think because I don't know. Well, okay, so... I think her purpose was to get him attached to the idea of a reality where humans existed. So like he's watching that like security footage, right? And he has a human connection to like the guy at the front desk and this maid lady and whatever. Yeah, he like gives him names and stuff. Right. And so he's kind of watching and connecting with those people. But then when the flood happens, when he turns on the rain or whatever. Yeah. Um and the TV crashes down, that was one of his final moments of being attached to reality. And so I almost feel like his connection to those, you know, mystery people outside of the room were his connection to his last hope of, you know, connecting with people as he knew them, but also the outside. And then when that only, the last connection he had was stripped away when that TV broke. Yeah. I feel like that was it was just like this maybe nod to human connection and yeah that sort of thing. I would I would have to agree only because I I don't know if I necessarily have a better kind of answer. I was thinking for a while she was kind of like a siren kind of like mm. as like uh she's ultimately like his salvation or at least he sees her that way, but then he starts to idolize her. Mm. Um and because he like be- grows this like borderline obsession with her um, well, maybe it's more. He to, like wants to stay almost. Right. So it's like you know, she's like ensuring his doom, making sure he stays. And I don't know. I don't no, know. I think that's a good point because I feel like you know you're selling me more on your idea where <clears throat> you know it's just examples of his ties to worldly things that are keeping him from enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. So she could have been like the embodiment of like his attachment to idolizing the female form in a way that you know. Mm-hmm. seemed a little inappropriate i agree i agree so yeah it's just i don't know i don't know i almost feel like i need to watch like a uh after this explained or like mm-hmm. a inside movie explained yeah but the fun um, part about the podcast is we watch it once we don't talk about it in the yeah. house and then we say our piece so I know. maybe we're also not movie critics <laughs> like we're not normally this analytical we're just right. too ding-dongs who like movies and went to art school (laughs) right right i mean the whole point of the podcast is we want 
you all to hear two perspectives of the same movie. You can let us know who's more right. (laughs) Or did we edge you the whole time? You're like, oh, you're missing the point. Come on, say the point. But like I said, art is up to interpretation. And, you know, our little pea brains may have totally missed the mark. And maybe if we studied, you know, philosophy and religion in college, we would know more of what was going on. Maybe just not architecture. Right, (laughs) right. But like... I think the big takeaways from this movie, why I think it was really interesting, like the big things, if you haven't seen it, I think it's worth the the price of admission simply to see a three foot tall stack of Willem Dafoe's shit, um, <laughs> quite literally. And then, I mean, you see, I was so scared we were going to see full naked Willem Dafoe. But you don't, but, but you which don't. I appreciate. Which I, I would actually too. rather see a pile of dookie like we saw than an old man's ween. Yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't <laughs> care for the unsettling kind of body horror in this mm-hmm. of like zooming in on his wounds and his feet yeah. and seeing him like suck down ice all weirdly. Yeah, and uh, that scene could have ended the, earlier. The squishing of the fish, he pulverizes this fish with a hammer that's yeah. like a saltwater fish so he can yeah. turn it into fish ball. weird fish balls that he doesn't even eat. It's <sighs> it, There's some rough scenes, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately I feel like it's a part of like the, the lowest tier of importance plot of him right. just like needing to survive. You right. Know? You got to poop somewhere. You got to eat a fish. Yeah. You know, you got to figure out what salt water is drinkable and what isn't. Oh, yeah. ultimately he ends up drinking from like what? The the plant feeder system? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just collects the them in water bowls. system. So. So overall, I would say I would rate the acting in the movie. Not going to lie. Like 9.5 out of 10. Willem Dafoe. He killed it. That's off. I want to watch more films I, after seeing Yes, this. I feel like, you know, the only times I stepped out of my, this is a gentleman's agreement, I'm watching a film, I was thinking about William Defoe going through what he was going through as an actor. I'm like, this guy's getting wet. He's mm-hmm. sticking his head in the freezer. Mm-hmm. He's mushing around in nasty things. Mm-hmm. He's running around in his skivvies. He's crawling up on top of things. And this man's pushing 70. Yeah. Like, to this to this conversation, I still wonder if that was really him peeing in the toilet. Really? Because <laughs> like, it was so convincing? It was so convincing. I mean, after being in the men's room with a lot of old men and hearing just, you know, <laughs> trinkle, trinkle, Pause, 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 trickle, trickle, pause, pause. Maybe a few good seconds. Maybe pause, he likes pause. to elongate it. That's his journey. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it was quite convincing. That's all I can say. Yeah. Ugh, God. But oh, you don't have to see his, his, his ween, so I appreciate I that. Ugh. Um, okay, so acting, I said nine and a half. Did you say a rating? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I keep throwing everything uh, in the wheelhouse. Honestly, I, I think... Um, Willem Dafoe is great in yeah. everything I've seen. I think it's it's par for the course for him. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's it's an exceptional uh, performance of him because he just he brings it every time. I would say the most uh, like impressive film I've ever seen him do was probably Lighthouse. Mm. Um, but I mean, this is up there. It's a one man show. It's him for ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and he you don't want to take your eyes off him the whole time. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's up there. But What's your number? Him, Standard Willem Dafoe, nine. Okay. Nine. nine. I could still have my socks knocked yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Then overall story. What do you think about like the writing, the story? 
I really wish it had leaned more into something a little bit more relevant into now. Mm. And like, not to isolate any of our listeners or anyone else, but like, religion is just such an overdone Mm. reference and thing to talk about. And it's also 2022. Like religion, I I think we might be in a bubble though. Maybe. Because. And that's why I'm saying I don't want to isolate anyone. I want to preface this whole thing. But it's like. Everything is either about religion or the lack thereof mm-hmm. um, in media nowadays. And so it, it, it influences our, our politics, our media, all that stuff. And so I just feel like, you know, I don't want to hear about religion. I want to hear about classism. I want to hear about transcendence, which is mm-hmm. why I think this movie was successful mm-hmm. in the isolation factor. And the fact See, that it had some religious ties to right. it, I feel like it gives you commentary about morality, even though mm-hmm. I don't believe that morality comes from religion Mm -hmm. i think it just comes from understanding what is good and bad naturally Mm -hmm. based on reactions of people and environments and situations and stuff um but ultimately i i I think the story itself was good i just don't know if it needed to be told and especially in this way so i'm gonna give Hmm. the story i'm gonna give the story like a seven i don't know okay Eh, six six see i think i was about to give yeah. it a six on story yeah and Willem Dafoe was really carrying this film yes I feel like yeah here's why i feel like i am a relatively spiritual person like i feel connected to the ideas of enlightenment and you know surpassing your ego and becoming whole in that way mm-hmm. and i feel like there were nods to it but it wasn't quite organized enough for me to understand well enough to like truly connect. And I feel like I get this feeling when I go to a lot of art movies or when I even go to like just museums is like, if you don't have the proper framework Mm -hmm. to be viewing a piece, it could be about anything. And like, there's ambiguity in film, but like there's ambiguity Mm -hmm. in this film. Like there it's, are so many different in, ways interesting, you can do it. But it's I feel so like interesting. The it is. story isn't interesting, but the visuals are. The visuals you know what are I mean? what could happen next is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. What did happen after is very intriguing. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I just, again, I feel like I've seen it done better. Um, so it, maybe and, we're in agreement for movie overall rating. I think so too. I think I am going to stay at Me a too. seven. I think I'm going to stay at a seven. Seven. I think Rotten Tomatoes did a little dirty. I think it's better than the 65, but mm-hmm. not much. Not like much. if this was not Willem Dafoe, if it was another great actor, Ugh. maybe, but like, yeah. I think he, he really carried this film. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you could tell by the podcast, we wanted to talk about right. him most of the film. Right. Um, That's very true. So I don't know setting beautiful too like yeah i feel like it was in this like shot well really yeah well. for a small space they really made it interesting to continue to explore visually yeah so i appreciated that i agree i agree um yeah so seven 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 easy peasy worth a watch let us know how you feel we'd love to hear your opinions absolutely i i'm curious to hear what everyone else uh thinks about what they thought about the movie or you think we're jet jets right or if i'm right <laughs> seems like we left pretty much aligned a little just i a feel like different. we left very little stones unturned right I, I think we dissected the crap out of this movie it was kind of a long episode but i think it was kind of warranted so right. um seven overall um 
yeah, I guess tune in next week for another movie. Do we have any any idea of what we're going to see? No. No? But we'll Keep let you guys surprise. know. Yeah. Okay. We're in the process of like backlocking stuff right now too. So we'll have some surprises for that. But mm-hmm. stay tuned. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ticket Talk. Make sure to join us next week when we discuss a new movie that we're either going to love or hate. And if you want to join the debate, we are on Instagram at Ticket Talk Pod. Each week we plan to put out two episodes, one without spoilers and one with spoilers, so you can decide if you want to see these movies too. We look forward to talking to you next time. Bye! Bye.